and welcome to worship at First United Methodist Church. What a joy it is to see all of you gathered here for worship today. It is truly a blessing. And it's also a blessing to know that there are many joining us online. Welcome to you as well. If you picked up your weekly sheet, you will know that there is a lot going on musically here at First United Methodist Church. And it starts tonight with the children's play and musical at 5 o'clock. And then Tuesday night, the Gadsden State uh, Choir will be here at 6 o'clock in the sanctuary. Followed Thursday night with the Gadsden City High School Choir being here in the sanctuary. And then next Sunday at 9 o'clock with celebrations, we will have Christmas Unplugged in the chapel. And then at 11 o'clock will be the annual Christmas music presentation by the choir. Uh, you won't want to miss that. It will truly be a blessing. Let us prepare ourselves for worship with a time of prayer. Heavenly Father, on this second Sunday of Advent, we wait with great anticipation for your presence, for your love, and for your grace. We just ask that you fill us and fill this place with the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
They will not hurt or destroy all my holy mountains, for the earth will be full of knowledge of the Lord as water covers the sea. On that day, the root of Jesse shall stand as a signal to the people. The nation shall acquire him, and his dwelling shall be glorious. Isaiah 11, verse 9 through 10. Where are the followers of the roots of Jesse, Isaiah spoke up. We are the ones who are now called, called to stand as a sign to the world to, all, to also celebrate to all creatures and that peace is is the is the will of the of the one who created us peace is the knowledge of the lord that we proclaim from sea to to shining sea in those days in those days john the baptist appeared in the wilderness of judea judea proclaiming repent for the kingdom of heaven come near and bear fruit worthy of repentance. Matthew 3, verse 1, 2, and 8. We light these candles, the candles of joy, hope, and the candle of proclaimed peace. In part, to remind us ourse- to remind ourselves that we are people ri- we are a people rising toward God God's promise. But we also light them in sign to the world and an announcement. There are some who who hold on to hope, and there are some who work the ways of peace. We stand as a sign that new is our. Fragrant prayer. Good morning. We would like to invite everyone to our children's musical this evening at 5 o'clock. Please come and enjoy a night of worship led by us in the sanctuary. We will have dinner and a happy birthday Jesus party in the gym. We hope to see you there. Everyone, just follow my lead.
Children, you are dismissed to Children's Church now. And as our children are leaving, I invite you to stand as we affirm our faith together with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. And now we worship God with our morning offering. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we acknowledge that every good and perfect gift is from you. And out of those gifts, we return these today whether that be in the plate or online or through reoccurring gifts, we're truly blessed with a ministry that supports the work of this church. I ask, dear God, that you bless these gifts, that you multiply them and guide us in their use for the glory and for the coming of your kingdom. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
may be seated. I just want to say a word of thanks to Monica in the handbell choir. That was lovely. And as we go to our time of pastoral prayer, yes, um, just a word about our angel tree. I think when I came in, there was one angel left on the tree. I'm not sure that it's still there, but if for those of you who have not taken one, there's one left. And for those of you who have, the angel gifts are due back to the church by 11 o'clock tomorrow. Thank you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, your word reminds us to make a joyful noise unto you. And, and we have experienced that joyful noise today through the choir, through the handbell choir, and through our children. Lord, we praise you and thank you and sing the songs of the season to honor you. And we ask, dear God, that as we move through the coming weeks, that you continue to put a song in our heart and that our lives would be filled with worship. When it's not and when we fail to do your will and we become distracted, help us turn our eyes back towards you and help us to receive the grace and forgiveness that you give. Bless us. Bless those who are on our heart today who are mourning and sick and struggling. Be with them, dear Lord. Continue to be with our church, our community, our nation, and our world. This we ask in the name of the one who taught his disciples to pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
excuse me, this is my mic. I'm going to put it up here to see if this will help. Um, as I am sure many of you are probably this time of year making preparations, making a list and checking it twice, and working hard for the perfect Christmas. Well, to help you in your endeavor of finding the perfect Christmas, I went in search of some advice for you. So the first thing I did was I went to Google, and I Googled perfect Christmas. And here is what I found. I found several songs, a Hallmark movie, a scented candle by that name sold by Bath and Body Works, a website full of recipes, a few cartoon specials, and a list of television shows and movies which you could binge watch over the next few weeks. That did not have your answer. So next, I decided to go to Facebook. You can find out everything on Facebook. And I searched Perfect Christmas, and here's what came up. A retail store by that name. Reels on decorating your Christmas tree. Suggestions for gifts. A Christmas tree farm. And a Facebook page which showcased retro TV commercials from the 50s and 60s. Still not the answer I thought you were looking for, so I went to Pinterest. Pinterest can solve any of your problems. And I searched Perfect Christmas. And here's what Pinterest had to say. 51 cheap and creative gift ideas. The best Christmas aesthetics on Pinterest. 75 clean Christmas means and the recipe for the perfect Christmas cookies. Still confused? Me too. Notice anything missing? Me too. My research results in helping you achieve your perfect Christmas came up short. A perfect Christmas does not begin with a scented candle sold at Bath and Body Works or 15 cheap and creative gifts. That's not where it starts. It doesn't even start with St. Nicholas and family gatherings and a Christmas tree. It starts with Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, at the center of our lives during this Advent and Christmas season. But as you're planning your perfect Christmas, just a thought, you're not going to achieve it. A perfect Christmas is hard to find. After all, we live in a broken and hurting world with sin and problems and suffering and so many issues around us. While we can't achieve a perfect Christmas, we can rely on the perfect one, Jesus Christ, as we move through this holy season. I invite you to take your Bibles and turn to the book of Hebrews, the first chapter, verses 1 through 4. Hebrews 1, verses 1 through 4. Hear the good news. Long ago, God spoke to our ancestors in many and various ways by the prophet. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by a son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom he also created the world. He is a reflection of God's glory and the exact imprint of God's very being. He sustains all things by his powerful word. When he had made purification for our sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. 
The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, as we look toward Jesus and this word we hear of him from Hebrews, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing and acceptable unto you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. The author of Hebrews gives such a powerful description of Jesus. He begins his letter with a word of who Jesus is, who Jesus was, and who Jesus will be. Jesus is a reflection of God's glory. He is purification for our sins. He sits at the right hand of the Father. God spoke once through the prophets of the Old Testament, and now he speaks through Christ and continues to speak through Christ. This is a powerful reminder of who Jesus is for God's people. Now, the original people that would have heard this letter were likely the early Christians, Jews, who were living dispersed from Jerusalem. They had endured persecution there, and they had left the area. And in their leaving, they encountered Gentiles, encountered other Jews, and encountered many people, and they also encountered a lot of persecution. Life was tough. They were excluded by the Gentiles and ostracized by the Jews and faced life and death circumstances just for living their faith and it as the second generation of Christians this group came and grew in in faith they were perplexed what would they do Jesus isn't coming back should we hang on to our faith or would should we abandon our faith the author of Hebrews writes this letter to encourage them to hang on while they wait for Jesus' coming, hang on in faith and faithfulness. So in this letter, the author starts with Jesus. He reminds them of who they are following. Now, it is coming out of a Jewish tradition, they knew the priest to be the intercessor for them. And now they no longer needed an intercessor. Jesus was the in between he was the intercessor for them so they didn't need that barrier between them and God he writes to them that Jesus was with them and for them and that they had this long line of faithfulness and just to hang on and keep keeping on in the faith as John writes in his gospel the word became flesh to dwell among us so the author of Hebrews reminds them that they are covenant people and God has kept his covenant. So they needed to keep the covenant as well in Jesus. This covenant was fulfilled in Jesus. God has not forsaken them. Instead, he has sent his son, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. This message from the author of Hebrews is one for us as we start preparing for Christmas. We keep our eyes on Jesus, remembering that when the imperfect comes, Jesus is Lord. And the imperfect will come. The imperfect is all around us. As I said, we live in a broken world full of mishaps and diagnosis, 
full of hurt and pain and disappointments. In the Advent season, it's likely going to come a time when someone cancels their plans last minute without any regards to your feelings. Or your oven will break and your pie will burn. Or some relative will have a little bit too much eggnog around the Christmas table. There may be disappointments and hurt, trials and sorrow, but Jesus is with us in all of that. He sustains us in the imperfect moments, and that is what brings perfection to our imperfect Christmas time. The imperfection does not make Christmas any less special because we can find blessings of grace, hope, and peace wherever we are and no matter our circumstances. If you keep reading in Hebrews, you'll find that in the fourth chapter, the 15th verse, that Jesus is the one who's described as one who was tempted but did not sin. He is the perfect one. He did not succumb to sin, and in the Jewish tradition, out of his perfection, he came to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. We mess up, we struggle, we are far from perfect, but Jesus is perfect. He is the way to the Father and provided a way for us when we cannot make a way for ourselves. In our faith tradition or denominational tradition, we acknowledge we are all sinners standing in need of God's grace, every single one of us. But we also acknowledge that we're not remaining there. We're moving forward. As uh, the founder of our denomination, or the father of our denomination would say, we are moving forward to perfection. We are working to be made perfect in love in this lifetime. Now, we may not reach it, but we know that Jesus did not save us to leave us where we are, but he saves us for more. He saves us for more discipleship, more grace, and more blessings, and to move to being closer to him. He saves us to living a life more like Jesus, moving toward him as a journey rather than a destination where we stop. Christmas provides an excellent time for us to practice this, moving forward in faith and moving to be more like Jesus. Now, as you're sitting here, you think, yes, Christmas is a wonderful time to practice love and joy and peace and all those fruit of the Spirit to be more like Jesus. I completely agree, Reverend Sherry. That's easy. That's what I'm going to do over the next few weeks. It may sound easy as you stand, as you sit in the sanctuary today, but if I were to drop you in the middle of Walmart or Christmas at the Falls or navigating traffic on Rainbow Drive, it may not be so easy. And that's all because we miss the mark. We fall short and we all need grace. And the wonderful thing is the perfect one gives us grace. In the middle of our flaws and the struggles that we face, God gives us grace. The psalmist says that Jesus forgives our sins as far as the east is from the west. And that's a gift for all of us. And an even greater gift is we can have a new start in that grace at any moment. Any moment, right now, right here, tonight, in the morning, we can have a fresh start. 
All we need to do is turn to the Father and receive that grace. And we're anew in his love. And it's also a gift that we can give others. Because as I said, there's going to be moments where we struggle with other people. Other people set us off in some way and cause imperfection and struggle in our lives. But in those moments, as forgiving people, we have the opportunity to pass on that forgiveness and grace to others. We have the opportunity to live out Jesus' words to not judge. What he said on the Sermon on the Mount, Do not judge that you may not be judged, for the measure you give will be the measure you get. Why do you notice the speck in your neighbor's eye, not the log in your own eye? Less judgment, more love. Less striving toward something we control, can control, and more striving toward grace. It may be an opportunity for us to use grace to point the way toward Christ. And some better news is, is that if we strive toward this perfection, as we work in the love of Christ, that there is always hope. What always gives me hope is to know in the middle of the imperfection and problems, Jesus is there. He is with me no matter the craziness, no matter the unforeseen events, no matter the problems that I face. We will all face problems this Advent season, but we can know joy-filled obedience in the Lord. I think back to those who first read this letter from the book of Hebrews. They must have been feeling like their lives were so imperfect. Jesus had been delayed. They were fighting for their lives. They were wondering what the outcome of all this would be. What would be the reward for their faithfulness? They had to be discouraged. No wonder they were losing hope. No wonder they were considering turning back on their faith. No wonder the writer starts with Jesus. Who he is and what he would mean to his followers. In a world of the early Christians filled with imperfection and struggle... The author offered a message that they could rely upon no matter the circumstances. So there will be so much over the next two weeks you can't control. Something will happen. Something will come up. And you'll be disappointed. The imperfection will come. But if you're looking to perfection, you won't find it on Pinterest, on Facebook, or Google you will find that blessing in Jesus. And I've come to think of an apt metaphor for this season of chaos and, and craziness might be a hurricane. I first came across this metaphor in a sermon by Edmund A. Stimel called The Eye of the Storm. Now bear with me, I know this sounds a little strange, but many of you know that with a hurricane, it is chaos it is destructive, it causes so much damage. The winds of a hurricane cause great devastation and hurt and pain. But right in the middle of all that chaos and noise and destruction is something amazing. It is the eye of the storm. 
And my understanding is that the more destructive and larger the hurricane, the better formed and more peaceful the eye. Now, I've never been in the eye of a hurricane, but I understand that in the eye of the hurricane, there is sunshine, there is peace, there's calm. Even though the storms are raging around, there's still calm and peace. And that is my prayer for you this Advent and Christmas season. While we may be striving to perfection, we likely will never get there. So may we rest in the one who brings perfect peace to the storms and chaos of our lives. Amen. Let us pray. Prince of Peace, we thank you for the grace that you offer us day by day. We're so thankful for the way that that grace guides us and helps us because we know with our striving we will never get there. It is only through you and your love and your grace can we know a better way. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
Okay, a quiz before you depart. What is next Sunday at 11 o'clock? That did sound very, uh, uh, that, that didn't sound enthusiastic. Come on, folks. Yeah, the Christmas musical presentation by our choir. Yes, I hope to see you there. And if you have a prayer concern or would like to unite with First United Methodist Church, I'll be available after the service to pray with you. Now receive the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Go in peace. Thank you.